I do like being right. <laughs> Ask my ex-husband. Happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Boris Dirk podcast. Anthony Edwards was right. Heist is on. And the Timberwolves are still playing in the playoffs. That was one of the craziest 3-0 games I've ever seen in my life. Just ended. It might not even be over because I don't. I never think the, the Wolves have sealed a game. But there are, like four, <laughs> there are four seconds left, and they're statistically guaranteed to win the game. So yes. let's talk about one of the series that makes a little bit more sense. Um, start with your team, because I just want to get it out of the way. I know it's going to piss me off. Uh, yes. Orange and blue skies, baby. <laughs> um, just as a Knicks fan, a truly delightful game four. Um, I had to turn up the bass on my computer speakers, or sorry, on my TV speakers, because I wanted to feel the vibrations of the garden inside my living room. Uh, just the vibrations of the cars. <laughs> just an electric environment. Um, and I, I just, it's, it's, I've never been in this position as a Knicks fan, really, of being kind of an underdog in Being the series. title favorite in the East. Yeah. Uh, we do have a very clear path now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if, was... what if, what if I told you that Julius Randall <laughs> was going to be <laughs> out of the crunch time lineup and RJ, I mean, RJ, RJ, there was a big revival, I guess quickly as the guy, tonight, it, was, it was surprising quickly fell out of that crunch time group. It was Obi. Yeah. Um, if you told me that Julius was unplayable at the end of games, I would not expect the Knicks to be up 3-1 in any round of any series. Yeah, against a good Cavs team. I mean, they have, they're have they not playing well. A lot of their young guys look pretty, I'd say, rattled by both the Knicks' physicality and the sort of overpowering atmosphere that's been in the Garden for the last two games. Uh, I would expect them to play better when they get back to Cleveland. And I, I would pick six. I wouldn't pick five. I think Cleveland's going to get another game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the headline has got to be R.J. Barrett, who I believe if we potted during the first two games, which we did, I was advocating for Josh Hart to start over R.J. I thought R.J., his shot making was off. He, I didn't like his shot selection. I thought yeah. on defense he wasn't good enough. I was, I was advocating for him to be moved to the bench and you know try to get things going with that bench unit. But both of these games in New York, he has just been sensational. Uh, yeah, hit, I wish he could hit a three. Yeah, he, he had a three. Unfortunately, after a Josh Hart travel today, which I thought was like felt Ugh. like a gut punch in the moment but yeah the, the rj hive needs needs those to count <laughs> yeah uh but his finishing today was awesome like as we said before his elite skill is getting to the rim but once he gets there it's sort of anyone's guess what happens today he had all these like inside hand finishes off speed finishes and the rim protection of allen and mobley really didn't seem to bother him much at all um which was extremely impressive. Brunson was fantastic as always. He had everyone buzzing about his three-point celebration, which people are just now noticing, I guess. Um, and yeah, it was just a, it was a pretty, I mean, the game three was a completely dominant win. Uh, and then game four, 
the Knicks kind of had control of it the whole time. Like the Cavs made some runs, but I don't know if the Cavs really ever had much of a lead after the the first quarter. So, yeah. And Brunson, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later with Brunson and also De'Aaron Fox, but he is just continuing to climb his way up, I think, just with these yeah. up the NBA hierarchy with these like carry the team on his back offensive performances. The league belongs to Dame and Jalen Brunson at this point. If we're talking backcourts. No, uh yeah, I was trying to think who's a better guard in the East right now. Or the better question is just like right now, who do I want, you know, leading my team in a series? And like I want if, if he's my number one as he is for the Knicks, I want Jalen before Drew, you know? Um yeah. I let, let's think about. I mean, I have to take Jalen abo- above Spida based on today. Uh, I just that that's one of the biggest ones, and that's also what made this series one of a few things that made this series really exciting. Is like who's going to play better between those two guys? And I think Vegas probably said Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell was sensational at the start of the series, and he's cooled off. Tonight was the, his worst game of the series for sure. He had six turnovers, um, and. Josh Hart got his starting spot. Uh, did did RJ start today? Yeah, Grimes okay, was out. Yeah. So you were you were wrong, but you were right. And uh, mm-hmm. Josh got his his spot. I mean, continued to make elite guard rebounds. I think just elite in the same way we just need to call Jokic an elite passer in the NBA. Like Josh Hart is is an elite rebounder. Uh, yep. He, and I, I think if if his job was to be in the paint all the time, he might average ten rebounds a game. But he plays. He plays some guard. He plays, you know, he's a wing. Uh, so yeah, he keeps making winning plays. And it I just I just can't believe not it makes sense that you held Mitchell to five for 18. Like those games happen with high volume guys and shooting ebbs and flows. But he had 11 points. He wasn't able to compensate by getting to the free throw line. And yeah, Brunson's been the best player on the floor. And when you've got the best guy, you've got a chance. Yeah, the the theory of this of winning the series for the Knicks going into the series was yeah, they have the best guy, Mitchell, but we have Brunson who can sometimes match that and then our 5 through 8 in our rotation is better than their 5 through 8 by a wide margin. What I did not count on was a Brunson playing Mitchell not even to a draw, he's just been better than Mitchell as you yeah. said. Um, and then not having our second option be a factor at all in Julius Randle, he was actively destructive today. Like I was texting in my next group chat that he just gets this look in his eyes and you can see it like immediately in a game where he just looks checked out. Um, and I think Tibbs to his credit, recognized that in the second half and just continued riding with Obi Toppin, who was giving them a lot more energy and verve on offense. Um, but the yeah. other thing I didn't see coming is that the Knicks bigs have thoroughly outplayed Cleveland's bigs. I mean, Cleveland's rim protection between Allen and Mobley, two of the best rim protectors in the NBA, was kind of their strong suit for most of the season, fueled them to a top two defense in the league. And both of them have been outplayed by combination of Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein this series, which I don't really think anyone saw coming. Um, both of them tracking down rebounds, protecting the glass. Hardenstein had a great block on an Okoro dunk today. Um, just sort of deterring Mobley in particular around the basket has been huge. Um, yeah. And yeah, Hart was uh, 
amazing in, in his defense of Donovan Mitchell, just his navigating the screens, being physical with him. And yeah, I'm sure he's probably going to start again in game five. Uh, and yeah. Grimes might go to the bench, but it was a really impressive win for the Knicks. Also, if you told me the Knicks had a real chance or they were going to win this series, I I would have expected Quakelu to be playing a large part. Uh, yeah. Because for everything, you know, the Cavs get from those two awesome guards, at least that's a matchup where you'd feel like you can play quickly and Brunson together pretty comfortably and not mm-hmm. um, feel completely outsized. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Mobley isn't at a level offensively yet where you're like really worried about mismatches when he's on offense. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, I was really pissing off you and your brother a couple of days ago. Like I said some I said some some dark things about Julius Randle because he's one of my least favorite players in the league. Um and I think he encourages pathological selfishness and isolation garbage. And I think I think that that stuff is contagious. Uh mm-hmm. I really respect his will. He definitely has some of that like Russ will in him. Um and sometimes his heart's just out of it and it makes him really hard to mix with your other guys, but I know he's given you a lot this year. I I just yeah. I I I was the jokes on me for saying the series was more likely to end in 5 in the Cavs favor than 7. Uh but I was right that the path to victory for the Knicks has turned out to be sitting Julius Randle and you know getting everything you get from Obi Toppin as a floor spacer, you know, Randle isn't cons- uh, consistent enough defensively that you that you know, it's not worth giving Obi a chance to protect the rim mm-hmm. and do some other things. But yeah, how have, how have you yeah. felt, how have you felt about Obi's defense? Um, I think it's been passable. Um, he's not blowing rotations or blowing coverages. I thought Julius's defense stuck out way more yeah. in a negative way today. Um, exactly, he was slow on closeouts to the corner. You know, not picking guys up in transition, just sort of hanging his head after turnovers, those sorts of things. Obi has some physical limitations in terms of his sort of side to side mobility. Um, I mean, like vertically, he has no physical limitations, but laterally he does. Uh, yeah. And he's not also he's not super strong, also like stiff, Julius is. Stiff but, in the hips. Yeah, stiff in the hips. But I thought he, you know, gave them good energy. The Cavs yeah. weren't attacking him. They most of their offense is around attacking Brunson at this point, which. Uh, worked for a bit there in sort of the, the early second half. Garland was able to to shake loose for eight to ten points in that third quarter where it seemed like things might be tipping back the Cavs' way. Um, but, yeah, I thought Obi was, was fine defensively overall. Um, and getting back to Brunson, I thought that – I mean, just the with Julius being very ineffective in this series and really the only other scoring option being RJ for the Knicks besides transition – um, just the shot making clinic that Brunson is putting on has been <laughs> yeah, insane. Like it's, it feels like whenever he takes a shot in the mid range, it's going in, even if it's like a fall away or like a really quick pull up, he gets into his shot motion so fast. It's such a compact shot. Um, and yeah, if we're talking about guards, I would want over him in the East. He's definitely, he's at the very least in that tier with Drew and, uh, I'd rather have him than Harden. Um, yeah. Rather have him than Garland at this point. I think I'd probably still rather. I have respect for Donovan Mitchell to like 
put him ahead of Brunson still because the Knicks are kind of gearing their whole defense around stopping him. Yeah. The Cavs are also gearing their whole defense around stopping Brunson. Dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I feel like it's dumb to look so far ahead, but I'm I I I'm imagining the way that Brunson's game will age. And unless he's unless he's taking more hits than it looks like, I, I just think like this sort of veteran savvy, um, like pivot genius around the rim, like I think that the same way that Chris Paul was like still a scoring threat deep into his thirties, like I just see Brunson's game aging like fine wine, which is dumb to say because he's still really young. Um, yeah, Mitchell's is you know definitely relies a decent amount on his elite athleticism. Yeah, but but he's a good shooter too. He gets a lot of rise on his jump shot. Like just I, I just feel like the future is brighter tonight for Jalen Brunson. Then, yeah. and that's crazy to say, and it might be too heavy a reaction, but it just feels right. I, I can't, I can't unsee the last week of basketball, and uh, yeah, at the at the very least, coming into the season on my player rankings, I had Brunson in the back end of the forties, and which a lot of people told me was too high. Like a lot of my friends thought that that was a little bit of Nick's bias, but I think that was reasonable coming into the season. And I had Mitchell around 20, I think somewhere between 18 and 21. And that is certainly a much smaller gap now. Um, like Brunson uh, and De'Aaron Fox, who we're going to talk about uh, have both another guy who, when he gets to the mid range, just seems like it's automatic. Uh have both really kind of jumped into that second tier star guard level that that Mitchell's in and Shea is also in. Um, yeah, it's it's really been impressive for both of them. And if you we can move to Warriors Kings too, because I think yeah, here's Fox. Yeah, Fox was extremely impressive tonight, even though the Warriors were able to survive just a series of <laughs> calamitous errors in the last minute. Um, but yeah, go, go for it. I think the only players I can say with certainty, the only guards or initiators I can say I want with certainty above Brunson and I'm excluding Jokic from this because he's so big. Uh, yeah. Steph, Luca, Dame and Shea. And Shea, I'm not certain about, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think just because of Shea's defensive ceiling, I might, I might still lean Shea. Uh, I, I'd lean Shea as well. Yeah, uh, but I'm not sure. I, I'm taking Brunson above Fox tonight. I'm taking Brunson above. Um, I'm taking Brunson above Mitchell tonight. I'm taking him above Garland. Like that's how ridiculously wow. good he's been. Yeah, he's and like yeah. who's the, who's the second option on this next team? It was RJ Barrett tonight. Yeah, and I feel like the nights that that Brunson isn't necessarily feeling it, um, shooting wise, like he will still get to the rim. He'll still get to the free throw line. He'll he'll become more of a traditional point guard. Uh, you know, D- Mitchell tonight, the shoot he the shooting wasn't there. And he was bothered a little bit at the rim by Hartenstein. He was bothered mm-hmm. by Mitch Rob. Um, and so, yeah, in this series, uh, Brunson's lows have been much higher than, than Mitchell's. Did you say, did you say jaw for someone you would take over Brunson? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jaw, jaw. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just yeah. <making> sure. 
um i would definitely take jaw before <laughs> brunson all right yeah okay king's warriors yeah what uh just i was watching it with a couple warriors fans i was just a happy impartial observer after the next win but that was one where when the warriors won it felt much more like a thank god we didn't lose as opposed to like uh a sort of really emphatic win um like my biggest takeaway from that game was how impressive Fox was and just the mental fortitude of the Kings to come back against every sort of knockout punch that the Warriors tried to throw. Steph had a number of insane threes, a few more that kind of rimmed out. Clay did too. Um, Poole had a lot of ups and downs, I'll say. Like he had some really sort of flashing that elite wiggle off the dribble type of scoring moves, but then also had some just really boneheaded mistakes and defensive miscues as well and fouls. Um, I don't know. Did you, what was your main takeaway from that game? I was more cynical about the Kings fourth quarter. Like mm. I'm not the biggest Mike Brown fan, but what he did this year was undeniably great. I, I still wonder if he's a guy that I might consider a regular season coach because I still have nightmares of when he was coaching the Warriors against the Grizzlies last year when Kerr was out and I thought that was sometimes hard to watch, but mm-hmm. this Kings team is really tough. Like I, I've been thinking a lot how about how I respect teams with a plan. And I still think it was a mistake to trade Halliburton for Sabonis. I'd rather have Halliburton than Fox. And Halliburton was the guy that I was thinking about Halliburton or Brunson, because I love Halliburton. <laughs> that much. But he did have a really good year. But like as a, as a Blazers fan, I appreciate that the Kings identified early uh, that they'd rather pair one of these great guards with a big and they made a move and it's been fun. And I like their plan a lot more than the Wolves plan. So not every plan is a great plan. Um, but De'Aaron Fox was the not the guy they should have kept. They should have kept Halliburton because as amazing as Fox has been, like he lost his head a little bit in that fourth quarter, chaotic possession that ends in a Harrison Barnes jacking a three when you're only down one. Like, how is that what you got in the game to, you know, to swing the series back in your favor? So yeah. there, there were some real bonehead decisions. I'm really impressed by Keegan Murray shooting off the dribble. I did not think he had that coming out of the draft. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, um, and I'm going to get back to Fox, but I'm, I was going to say, I, of my draft evaluations last year, so I was, I was lower than consensus on Keegan Murray. Most people had him in the top five or six, and I had him, I think, around 10 or 11. I had famously had EJ Liddell over him, which has not been proven wrong yet, because EJ Liddell has not played an NBA minute. Um, he's going to get a lot of run next year when Zion's doing his load management. <laughs> but, you should have uh, seen it in the medical, but sure, go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have access to those. But uh, yeah, Keegan's Keegan Murray's insane sort of his quick release on his jumper I didn't see coming, his ability to hit threes off movement. I thought he would be sort of more of a DeAndre Hunter, like stand in the corner and have it swung to you and shoot it. But his ability to get off, you know, volume threes like he set the rookie record for for threes made which is no small feat even as the number of threes taken increases um i i might have been wrong about him i think they might have a, a real sort of player with real special upside there um because his offensive game really just has a lot of polish and on defense he's not a liability he's at least smart 
um, and can sort of put, and he's big and he can put himself in the right places. I'm going to disagree with you on Fox though. I came away from the game very impressed with him. I thought, um, I mean, the, the Fox Halliburton discussion is, is an interesting one. Um, I'm not sure which way I'd lean on that in terms of which one I'd want right now. I'd probably want Halliburton more going forward just because I think his, I, I lean towards like visionary playmaking, uh, which I think he has. And he, I think it's easier to build different types of teams around him compared to Fox, where he sort of needs the ball in his hands a little bit more and to be one of the primary options. Um, but as the primary option, I mean, his scoring in this series is he's just kind of cooked whoever the Warriors have put in front of him one-on-one. Um, he's gotten so good at that kind of short mid-range, which basically I think of as kind of the elbow distance and in. Um where it seems like every time he gets into a floater from that spot, it goes in and without any doubt too, like it just straight drops through the net. Um, He had an insane three down the stretch as well to, I think, cut it from four to one towards the end of the game after the, it was right after when Steph called the timeout when they didn't have any timeouts left. And I didn't realize that that rule changed or that rule meant that you lost the ball too. That's kind of a nuts rule. I think, I feel like it should just be a technical, but uh yeah talk to chris weber but uh <laughs> yeah i i think keegan's shooting off movement super impressive uh and De'Aaron has been tremendous but they just a lot of things went right for them tonight and it was really a game that they needed and De'Aaron was messy in the last couple of minutes and I thought the offense was just all over the place and it's been hard for them to activate Sabonis late in games. And yeah, I, I just, I, I, they had a chance to most likely end the Warriors dynasty tonight and, yep. and they really folded. They looked like the green team at the end, at the end of the game. And it, it feels, it feels like the Kings are further away than the series score tonight's game score would indicate. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just I was worried that I was going to log into Twitter and Kevin O'Connor was going to be tweeting King should blow it up because <laughs> I was hearing that terrible voice in my head as I watched them blow a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, the one the scary thing with sort of these overachieving teams, and we've seen it, we see it every year is there's a team who does a lot better in the regular season than people think is going to. And we go into the next year thinking they're going to be especially if it's a young team, they're going to be at very worst as good as they were the previous year. And often it just doesn't end up that way. Like with the Hawks, when they made it to the conference finals and then the next year, that was in 2021, the next year they, I think, barely scraped their way into the playoffs and were humiliated by Miami. And same thing with the Knicks when they got the four seed that same year, the following year, they didn't even make the playoffs. And How about all the, all, the this... positive, all the positive Wolves energy last year? Uh, exactly and, uh, I mean obviously a lot changed Dallas Dallas yeah. I mean yeah. uh, you yeah. know they lost they lost uh, Br- <laughs> the, uh, Bill Simmons earlier this year compared the Brunson letting Brunson go he was like it's like letting Nash go which at the time mm-hmm. I thought was kind of crazy and now is I think looking less crazy but uh, I you know I think the Kings can still win this series but I think if they lose you know it I certainly wouldn't expect them to finish third in the West again next year I'd probably expect them to be a little bit further down um, especially with, you know, uh, the teams getting better in the West, like the Thunder, maybe New Orleans has a healthy year. But anyways, and we probably should talk about the team that won that game a little bit more. Um, yeah. I, 
I would probably lean Warriors still at this. I mean, I picked him before the series, and when it was 2-0, it was looking bad. The game three was obviously super impressive. Game four, I thought they had some really good moments, um, and they might have found. I think they're going to probably go back to their main starting lineup with Draymond and Looney in there. Um, but uh, Draymond had some insane defensive plays today, like some five on four. Everyone on the Warriors defense is scrambling and he's somehow stopping two guys at the same time from getting a layup and instead fueling a, a transition opportunity the other way. And then um, and then taking a possession off offense just to talk to the fans. Yes. <laughs> and do his roar. <laughs> yeah, yes. he Draymond, Draymond looked like he was 28 tonight. And in he's making great decisions on offense dumping the ball off to a cutting Wiggins, understanding the limitations of his own finishing abilities. And yeah, he, he, he looked awesome tonight. Uh, and I, I've been thinking a lot about pool cause you mentioned him earlier and just like, is pool a guy that if the warriors decide they just don't want to deal with it anymore, is he a guy that you want your team, not the Knicks, but like your team, so to speak, uh, taking a bet on because he has such a high ceiling as a playmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough cuz like there's not that many teams who are really in need of a lead playmaker except for like the tanking teams. So it's hard to know exactly where he could be sent to where it would make yeah. sense. Um he strikes yeah, me as, yeah. I was going to say he strikes me as a guy who will maybe need to age a little bit to accept where he belongs on a really good team. And yeah. I guess that's a crazy thing to say because his team won it all last year. But it was, you know, it was a rocky road for for Poole in the playoffs. You know, a lot of people talking about his, how he's a destructive defensive guy. And uh, so his defense is always a question. His his decision-making is always a question. He takes a couple shots every game that I just wish he would not take. But so does Steph. But Steph is Steph. So maybe, so maybe he's just learning from his father. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just pool, you know, just pool has these moments, these NFTs within games at any point in the year where you, yeah. if you only saw those, you'd think this is one of the superstars of global basketball, like, you right. know, like, uh, his smoothness. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was just a thought because I remember when Mitchell was such a distressed asset on the jazz and I did that whole rant. I'm, I'm trying to think of who my next guy is. I don't think it's pool. Um, but he's, he's a candidate. Yeah. So there's the kind of bracket that's going towards Denver Phoenix second round, which should be a fantastic matchup. We're not even going to talk about, Kawhi missing games three yeah. and four because it's just too depressing. Um, yeah, that series but, is the same. Russ is still Russ is still the best player ever. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the best team in that like foursome that quadrant that could be in the second round between Warriors, Kings, Lakers, yeah. and Grizzlies? Because I like keep going back and forth. Where like I want to, I think my. I can't tell if it's my head or my heart wants me to say the Lakers, yeah. but then they'll put forth a performance like they did in game two against Memphis where they just don't show up and they flash all of their bad defensive habits and look like they have no interest in scoring. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Sometimes I want to, yeah, go. In, in the same way that I'm 
naked and afraid and deliriously holding on to my Cavs pick just out of respect for the pre-playoff pick. I don't think you can change it. You know, I still am going to tell look you in the eye and say the Cavs are winning in seven. They won't, but uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the Warriors because I chose them to make the finals. And so that that's my answer. Uh, the Lakers, I think, have been the scariest team. If I just knew nothing before the playoffs, I think I'd probably be most intrigued by them in that bottom half. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard to talk about that series, you know, Grizzlies Lakers, because when Steven Adams went down in January, the Grizzlies were leading the NBA and rebounding by like two rebounds. It was, it was crazy. And they quickly fell to like somewhere in the top 10, uh, you know, over mm-hmm. the, that last portion of the season. And, you know, one of their next best reba- rebounders, Brandon Clark. Yeah, as Clark. So it's just been hard for them. It's been hard for them to survive because Jaron can't play 48 minutes. And I I think the Lakers have looked really solid and somehow ended up with a, a, a deep roster for the second half of this season. But you know, the, the this version of Memphis isn't isn't the craziest test for a team that has championship aspirations. True. Yeah. I I keep I don't know if it's like a full, if it's just indicative of the modern NBA, but I feel like I keep thinking that the next thing coming is going to be super exciting and intense, and it often ends up letting me down. Yeah. I thought the first round, I thought the first round was going to be welcome awesome to adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the first round was going to be like a bunch of insane matchups, and then yeah. basically we have three interesting series: the Knicks, Cavs, yeah. one, Warriors, Kings, and Lakers, Grizzlies, because. Denver, Minnesota, seems like it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. That is the true usage of a gentleman's sweep, where you go up 3-0, and then they win game four at home, and then you, you get game five. Got um, Milwaukee, sorry. Oh, I, I guess uh, Milwaukee, oh, Miami is interesting, but, but, yeah. but in a depressing way. In I'm just not going to – we're not going to do a heat culture as back party. Like, we just can't. <laughs> when, when, yeah. when, when your best player is the best player in the league, and he's out. I don't care if you're one of the best teams in the league. Like, you should lose the series. I'm not ready for the reality of Giannis losing two rings to injuries. So I'm just going to assume he's going to be back in game four and bucks and six, um, as the prophecy yeah, predicts. Exactly. But To your point um, about interesting series, though, if the Knicks, the Knicks win that one in five, is it even an interesting series? <laughs> I know. <laughs> at least the games are entertaining. I know, yeah. At least but, it was surprising. Yeah, but... Uh, Phillies, Phillies already in the second round, and yep. Boston is going to be there very shortly. So I'm going to speak it into existence that the second round will be very intense and exciting, and we should have four incredible series. I think. Yeah, I I'm with you. Uh, the the one real thing I take away from Suns Clippers with now that Kawhi is done uh, or out for now is Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> Devin Booker seems like he's taken a step like he's taken another one of those micro steps where I just I feel his wrath in these playoff games with a consistency that I have I don't feel like I have in the past Uh, like he has been the engine behind their offense as KD does his sort of uh, I'm just I'm just gonna stand over here I'm KD the most (laughs) respectful top 10 player ever and uh, yeah, it's been it's been Booker who's working his tail off to get them good shots and making mm-hmm. insane ones himself. Uh, he's just like he's also just so strong. 
Uh, and I think he's gotten more athletic since he entered the league. So his drives have carried a different weight and they have a different gravity now when he's, you know, bodying guys in the, in the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been super impressed by Booker. And if I knew nothing about, you know, the NBA, he'd be the guy I'd, I'd point out and say, that's, that's the best player on the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, that's got, we'll, We'll wait to preview that Suns Nets yeah. sorry, Suns Nuggets series, but that's going to be, I think, a doozy. Um, but God, does Russ need help? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, could, God, the Clippers are going to have two straight seasons end with both Kawhi and PG on the bench, yeah. and three straight end with Kawhi on the bench. Like I don't even know what you do with that team. It's I'm just a- imagining like a stream of blood shooting at a bomber's neck. <laughs> when when Kawhi tells him with a straight face that he's going to sit out the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he told him. I feel like it's a... <laughs> the Clippers no, he's doctor... He's never told them anything. <laughs> yeah, no. The, I think the doc, the team doctor has an NDA uh, of anything more than 48 hours in the future prognosticating. Like, yeah. if it's not tomorrow, he's not going to tell you what uh, what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, we've... Um, you know, basically the big uh, tomorrow, there are two good games between Milwaukee, Miami, where just, you know, please God, let Giannis play and not, I mean, as a Knicks fan, it would be fun to see Miami in the second round. And I think we would beat them pretty um, handily, although they could match our physicality, but I'm not, I'm not, we still have to beat Cleveland. Um, (laughs) You you better shut up right now. (laughs) Now I'm angry. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm sticking with my Warriors Hawks finals pick. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of really good teams haven't been tested yet. <laughs> and one of them is the Miami Heat. It's until until Giannis is playing again. I don't even want to talk about that series. Uh, but yeah, I and I and I feel for the Grizzlies. They're going to be the Grizzlies will be a really interesting team to think about, like going into next year, assuming the the Lakers hold on, because even if the Grizzlies pull off a miracle win, over the Lakers, like they're not going to win it all um, this shorthanded. So let's see. I don't know. Do you have feelings about the, about the Grizzlies with full strength? Do you think they would have been in the mix? Because I do. Full strength, yeah, they definitely would have been in the mix. Yeah. Um, they would have, I think, been, you know, more significant favorites over the Lakers and would have had a real, I think I would have given them a real shot at yeah, winning the West. Um, in their you current still, iteration, you still want to pick the Lakers though, because you're because you're a LeBron fanboy. But uh, I and I I think I would have picked probably Grizzlies in seven had had they had Clark or Adams. Maybe one of two would have been enough. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I still probably would have picked the Lakers, but I would have given the Grizzlies a real chance at winning the West, which I don't think they have now. Yeah. So in some, uh. <laughs> The only people at the guard position we would take over Jalen Brunson are Luca, Steph, Dame, Ja, and Shea, correct? Yeah, and, and we don't feel great about Shea. We feel good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would take really Donovan. Crazy. I would take Donovan because I uh, I still find him very scary when we're playing against him. But Yeah. On my grave, I want if I die before you, I want you to put he said after the Brunson tri- contract that it was a great deal for the Knicks. <laughs> didn't even know that Brunson was going to become the best guard in the league. <laughs> it was so angering to me when people said the Knicks overpaid. Even people who called it a slight overpay, I was so mad. Because yep. 
And I and I thought that Brunson, this is still when I thought Brunson would be a very weak number one guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy times. I'm happy. I'm happy for Bing Bong Nation. I'm happy that mm-hmm. that crazy man got to scream, hey KD. <laughs> <laughs> You regret not, Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks. <laughs> I'm glad all of it's happening. Uh, and yeah, I'm sticking with the Cavs out of respect for my picks, but congrats. What a show it's been. Mm. Nothing Thanks like for it. listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.